Welcome to the Lord's Podcast with Will Rowe. Hello and thanks for tuning in to the latest podcast. I'm very pleased to be joined by no fewer than three guests this month as we look back at the season just gone and ahead to England's series against Pakistan. We have Middlesex bowler James Harris. Welcome, James. Thank you very much for having me. Journalist and BBC commentator Lizzie Ammon. Hello, Will. How are you doing? Good. And All Out Cricket Magazine's Joe Harmon. Welcome, Joe. Hi, Will. Good to have you all on board. Um, we've got plenty to get through today as we preview England's series with Pakistan, discuss the moments of the summer, remember some fairy tale sporting farewells, and take on the Lord's podcast quiz. But first, I'd like to go to the Twitter sphere. We've got some questions through for you, James, under the hashtag AskJames. Many thanks for everyone for tweeting these in. Uh, James, first question comes from Kieran. What are your hobbies besides cricket? Um, they've kind of varied through my playing years, to be honest. Um, I started off fishing, of all things, uh, when I was very, very young, um, sitting by the lake for a couple of days. Turned very quickly to golf when I was in Cardiff, and then as I've left Cardiff and come here, it's now cycling. So um, I'll be seen on my road bike, covered in lycra, um, many days off in the summer <laughs> when, uh, when it's nice and sunny. So that's where I'll be spending most of my time. Fantastic. Well, that leads me into asking you, um, you're doing the big bike ride this year, starting very soon. That starts on Friday, uh, yeah, down in Truro in Cornwall, uh, and then through five days of, of weather, whatever we get, we're going we're gonna to end up back at the Oval um, a, week on t- a week tomorrow. So, um, so yeah, that'd be quite a fun, uh, a fun journey. Uh, I did it two years ago down from Durham and it went really well, so um, we're hoping and praying for some nice weather. Uh, fundraising's been going well, but, um, but we can always do with, do with more fundraising and uh, it's for the PCA Benevolent Fund and the Tom Maynard Trust, uh, two great causes. Um, so yeah, I think everyone's just about ready. A lot of training's got into it, and all systems go come uh, come Friday morning. Great stuff. And is it easy for people to donate to that to support it you? It is. Yeah, um, on my Twitter um, account um, at James underscore Harris nine, I think it is. Um, there's links to it on there. There's links to the Middlesex website, and they've done a piece on there as well. So uh, so yeah, hopefully if if, if if people are able to donate, that would be uh, fantastic. Great stuff. And just before we come on to the next question, uh, Lizzie or Joe, have either of you got the cycling bug? It seems to be going round. In no way, shape or form, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not at all. I honestly haven't been on a bike for about 10 years, so no, no bug there. <laughs> no bug. <laughs> I used to put my little boy on the back of mine, but that was really hard work, so we don't do that anymore. Fair enough. We'll be cheering old. James on, though. That's yeah, really. Well, I'm the only Middlesex player I can get into, into, onto a bike, to be honest. Um, none of the other boys fancy joining me. I'd started in Cardiff before I left uh, to join here. I managed to get Neil Dexter onto a bike. We've done maybe three laps at Regent's Park, and now he's tootling off to Leicester, so I'm, I'm back on my own. So uh, if anybody does fancy doing some cycling, uh, please feel, feel free to get in touch. Will? Yeah, for that? Yeah, you can. Uh, yeah. I Middlesex, don't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I cycle to work, and uh, yeah, that's about as far as I'll go. Um, <laughs> next question comes from Ankita Saha. If you were not a cricketer, what would you be? I've said a few wrong things when I've been asked this question in the past, because I always thought I was quite clever. Uh, so <laughs> I always said that I'd have gone to university. Uh, I left school after college um, to go and play for Morgan, so I never got to go and do that. But I always like to think I'd have ended up as a lawyer or an architect or something you know, fairly clever. Um, so I've probably got, I'm 25 now, eight, ten years left to play and would be great. And then I'm probably putting me under a bit more pressure to try and end up doing a law degree to, to go down that route somewhat. But um, to be honest, I've got absolutely no idea, even at the moment. Fair enough. Uh, ben Dent says, how does it feel to walk out on the home of cricket pitch for every home game? Yeah, that's incredibly special. And that was that was part of the reason I ended up moving here. To be honest, uh, the whole when it when it came that I decided to leave Glamorgan, I I knew that 
certain criteria that I wanted. I did play at a, a big test ground at a great club, and London became part of it as well. But to walk out here at Lords, um, you know, a fair few times every year to play for Middlesex is uh, is very special and. Uh, it's a tough place to bowl, I think, to start, and I found that out. I played for Morgan, although I had a little bit of success here. It's still taking time to, to learn how to bowl here, but um, but yeah, it's a very very special place, and to, to drive into the Grace Gates every morning is um, is yeah one I'll, one I'll cherish every day. Anna Forsyth says, "Do you see a Middlesex title challenge next year, and what do you need to improve to get there?" I do, to be honest. I mean, we played some really really good cricket this year. Um, we probably played a little bit too much from behind at times and even though we won games from behind we probably need to get out in front of games a bit more um, from from certainly a first innings point of view get get the really big scores on the board to put teams under pressure rather than, than putting ourselves under pressure a bit later in the game um, we gave Yorkshire two magnificent games this year um, who were comfortably the best team in the league but barring a, a brilliant 100 from Johnny Bairstow up at their place that game could have been very different we could have beaten them at Headingley uh, I think they chased 200 five down or something, five or six down in the end. Uh, and the game here was was as probably the best game of cricket I've ever been involved in. So, I mean, that was a very promising sign that we can that we can keep pace and play well against the team that is the best at the moment. Um, we just need to be as consistent as possible. And, and the biggest difference with that be, would be first innings runs, basically. I think that we've got, we ended up with 15 batting bonus points less than Worcestershire went down. Um, so if we could get more first innings runs, get those bonus points, um, and that would lead us to be in front of more championship games than not. And I think through that we can we can mount a, a serious challenge next year. And that leads on nicely to the final question. You've had a fantastic year yourself, sixty nine wickets. Um, Dean Osborne says, "How about a hundred wickets next season?" That'd be nice. Um, I think any yeah. I think the the always whatever you sort of year you have, you'd always say you want more. So uh, to take as many wickets this year has been great. Um, the nice thing is, I suppose, is that I could have bowled better a lot of the time. Um, I've kind of got my... It, it normally went when I was younger that I'd always take wickets however I bowled. Um, I'd always have a knack of picking up a few, and, and that seems to have returned. Um, so even when I haven't bowled quite as well as I've liked, I've still managed to pick up some wickets. Um, but yeah, a winter's worth work, bowl better next year than I did this year, and hopefully more, more wickets as well, and a few more runs would be, um, would be grand. Do you feel, moving away from the questions, um, do you feel that your bowling's improved because you've sort of reverted to your maybe original ax- uh, action? Yeah, I'd say so, yeah. It just feels more comfortable more than anything. I mean, I spent 10 years since I started playing grooving that action and everything and we spent a little bit of time ripping it apart and and to think that we could almost remodel something in six months and it would just take off and be better than it was before, you know, it probably wasn't the wisest idea in the end of I'll get quicker, which was the aim, through being stronger and fitter and, and being in better rhythm more often and be able to bowl faster through longer spells. So I'm never going to bowl 90 mile now. Um, I can bowl a lot better than I'm bowling now, and, and that's the kind of bit we need to work on. And, um, and yeah, there's still a lot of scope to, to get better, and, and that's one that we'll be trying to kind of achieve through this winter. Lovely. I'd like to move the conversation on now to the uh, England v Pakistan series. Um, well, following a successful Ashes summer, England are already out in the UAE to face Pakistan. It's a three-test match series. Simple question, can England win it? They can, but it'll be a massive challenge. These conditions are, are... Well, they're not like anything that they face ever anywhere else. I mean, the pitches in the UAE are, are different even to the subcontinent. They don't break up in the way that they do in the subcontinent. The humidity is ridiculous. Uh, uh, and you look down the list of who's in the squad, quite 
inexperienced players in there in relation yeah. to these sorts of conditions, and it'll be a massive test. There were some selection decisions to make about at the top of the order, two spinners, three spinners, you know, one spinner, and it will be a massive challenge. It'll be really hard work for the seamers um, and some real pressure on the three spinners. Going on to those selection issues, as you say, Lizzie, there's the top of the order and the spinners, they seem to be the main ones. What do people think regarding uh, the opening spot? No Adam Light, he's been dropped. It's Alex Hales and Moen Ali straight shootout. Yeah, I think Moen's uh, in front at the moment. Obviously, you got 20 odds this morning, which isn't quite enough to nail a spot. Uh, so it's still up in the air. I think for the balance of the side, he's the most, uh, he's the option that fits best for this tour. I think they can see it as a tour in itself. Obviously, Cook needs a long term partner. Uh, that's, not, that's for sure. I'm not sure Moen's that guy. Uh, but I think it fits for this tour. The thing that I think will be fascinating is this English team play exciting, attacking, erratic cricket, which isn't really the style you need in the UAE. You need to be able to dig in and play some attritional cricket. So it'll be fascinating to see if they can adapt. Uh, there's huge pressure on Cook and Root to, to get the majority of the runs. Uh, that's not to say they're not up to it. Cook's done it in India before. As Lizzie says, they're not the same conditions, but there are similarities. Um, so I... Th- I'm always relentlessly optimistic with the English side. I'm struggling with this one. <laughs> Joe is always relentlessly optimistic. But Joe I'm is one of the very few people who predicted that England would win the Ashes. Thanks for reminding me about that, Lizzie. <laughs> very good. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think a 2-1 defeat is what I would predict. And, I don't and that's think... you being relentlessly optimistic. On this occasion, I just can't quite see it. I think Pakistan have lost once in the UAE in a test series since they started playing there to Australia uh, a few years back. So it's really hard to say uh, that England are favourites for this series. That's not that they can't do it, but I think even a 2-1 defeat, that wouldn't be a, a terrible thing. I'm sure that's obviously not how they're looking at it. But um, I think they've got a better chance against South Africa, which sounds a bit odd because they're the world number one side, but I think those conditions are much more familiar. Uh, but it's a fascinating winter of cricket, a really interesting one to come. And at the, in the spin option, James, where do you see, what do you think the answer is there? Adil Rashid to be given his first test cap? He has to play. Uh, I, I think, me like everybody else, thought he was probably going to play in the West Indies on, on pitches that would be possibly similar to what they're going to face now. Um, but he has to play, and if we're going to win this series, him and Moeen are going to have to bowl remarkably well against their batsmen. I think it's going to be a, a big battle between who plays the spinners better best against either side, really, as it normally does come down to. So, um, so yeah, it, it's so hot. <laughs> Especially this time of year, it's going to mean that the seam is not going to bowl particularly long spells or as many anywhere near as many overs as they would do here so the pressure should be all on the spinners and, uh, and yeah if, if, um, if we're going to do well out there they're going to have to bolt very well Do you think Summit will play out there? Um, not not to start with I don't think I think they'll start with, with what we sort of expect with Moeen and, uh, and Adil to, to start but uh there's definitely a role for Summit. It's one for the everyman, isn't it? Summit what a story, Summit, though. So I love it. It's yeah. brilliant. Because everyone was talking it's about... It's one for all of us who like Mars bars. Because <laughs> <laughs> as soon as Ansari went down, everyone was talking about the various options. And Summit wasn't really top of everyone's list. I think it's actually... I think it makes sense. I think it's a good pick. He's a light-for-light replacement. Um, it's nice having... Because they've got an off-spin bowler, left-arm spinner, and a leg-break bowler, which is great. Great variation to have out there. Um, I don't see him playing unless there's an injury. Um, or unless... One of them goes around the park and they're forced into a change. Does it give hope to more county cricketers that you'll get selected on your county form rather than coming through the performance well, squads? I mean, I think Zaffer was a, was a case in point, wasn't he? Yeah. I mean, he was picked pretty much on what he, what he'd been doing for. Uh, you know, there is a problem with spin bowling across the country. We've not got rich pickings, mm. um, but uh, you know, there's real there's real um, opportunity 
if you stand up and be counted like Zaffa did. Uh, and Sam, it's consistent. He's always consistent. He hasn't actually had a great He's season. He's not had a great it's, season. It's an interesting but he, one. But yeah. he does do his. He does. Yeah. He does what he does, doesn't he? And he is. You know what you're going to get with Sam. Yeah. And the other question I'd like to ask. Um, <sighs> Joss Butler's not been in great form. Johnny Bairstow's out there. Do you think Butler might get dropped during this series? Or do you think they'll just stick with him for continuity? Got to be a chance. I mean, I, England is such a better side with an informed Joss Butler in there. I mean, un, undoubtedly so. He's perhaps the most exciting cricketer in, in this country. But he has looked out of sorts. He looks to have got a little bit stuck in test cricket where he's not really playing his natural game. I mean, his strike rate was one of the lowest of the England batsmen against Australia this summer. And he doesn't look quite sure if it's a stick or, stick or twist. Uh, and you got one this morning, so that's more pressure on him. I would play him in the first test. Uh, two failures there, then perhaps you have to have a look at it. But I, I would, I'd certainly expect him to play uh, in the first one. Uh, Johnny Bester's going nicely at the moment. He's seventy odd. I mean, Is I think he? it's a nice, it's a nice position for England to be in that they have got options there. Uh, I think by the end of the summer, just looked tired, which is why they rested him at the back end of the summer. He just, I, he's played a lot of cricket, yeah. playing all formats, um, and I think he looked tired and he needed a rest. Um, but equally, once you've had a rest, you then go out to the UAE without any cricket under your belt. Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, we all know how good a player Joss is. Um, and, you know, he could well be in that England team for the next 10 years or so. I mean, he is that good a player. So uh, you, you wouldn't want to push someone out the door and drop him too early. But likewise, if we're going to do very well, then everyone needs to be contrib- uh, contributing. So um, he'll work out his game. He's that good. Uh, he'll get it sorted and I'm sure he'll do well. And James, on a personal point of view, um, so how far do you feel you're off sort of knocking on the door again? I don't know. It's, an, it's a really interesting one because when you're out of the, the kind of system, you don't really get spoken to particularly. So, um, oh, look, I knew that after two tough years here, uh, the winter I moved, I went on a, on a tour to New Zealand, a one-day tour to New Zealand for a couple of weeks, which was brilliant. But if you're not banging the door down every week when you're playing, then you likewise obviously drop down the pecking order pretty fast and uh, there's pretty rich pickings and team bowlers in, in, in England at the moment. There's a lot of bowlers ahead of me who's not, who are not on this trip, for example, um, on many other tours. So um, so the biggest thing I, I can do is, is go and get 60, 70, 80 wickets next season and try and back up this year. Um, and then you'll see when you, where you end up sort of thing. But um, but yeah, I'd say I'm on a long way away, yeah, personally. And it must be nice, though, from your point of view, to see your colleague Stephen Finn back in the England side. That's a lovely story. You know, that's someone that's was in the setup, dropped out for various reasons, has now had a real resurgence and a great summer. Yeah, it's great. Finney was one of the only guys I knew actually when I when I came to Middlesex. I played a little bit uh, with him in the nineteens and, and um, spent a bit of time with him. So to see where he was coming back from Australia, um, and to see the way he was bowling in, in games like in games this summer just gone. Um, there was a game actually at Mission Taylor School against Somerset, mm. and he bowled like the wind. Yeah, it, and was swinging it, and he was. It was really interesting actually that thought, game because he, oh. he said he just really tweaked just a tiny tweak to the way he gripped the ball, and he'd been trying it in the nets, and then thought, oh, Merchant Taylor, do you know what? I'm just going to try it, and he just it was incredible. Uh, he had them hopping, yeah. and you saw at that point mm. he was bouncy and he was swinging, yeah. it and you just thought. And then he went obviously off to Edge Baston, yeah, and, and there we go. Like dream there, yeah. and that was it. And it's um, and yeah, it was great. It was great for everyone. Um, who knows very well to, to see that. Great, well, he might uh, well crop up in our next discussion as we move on to the moments of the summer. Uh, now, the English season finished last month after yet another intriguing season of county and international cricket. 
From drawing the New Zealand Test Series to regaining the Ashes, England overall had a good summer on the field. The KP saga seemed to slip away and Alistair Cook looked more secure as captain than ever before. In the county game, Yorkshire continued their dominance in the county championship, while Surrey and Lancashire were promoted back to Division 1. Lancashire also picked up the T20 crown, while Gloucestershire saw off their Division 2 rival Surrey in the one-day final here at Lords. So I'd like to ask my guests, what was your moment of the summer? Um, I'll start with you, James. I'm guessing a certain performance against Durham here at Lords might be up there. Uh, that was a good day. Uh, from a personal <laughs> point of view, yeah, as days go, that wasn't a bad one. Uh, I was bowling completely the wrong way. We'd messed up the day before. Yeah. We walked off in the afternoon as a Middlesex team. I think we got 400. I think we bowled them out for 280. Walked off as a bowling attack. Seriously happy. Uh, I went in 10 overs later. We were 30 for 7, I think, or something. Trying to work out how we'd messed up such a such a great situation in the game. And uh, we managed to get to 70 odds. Managed to get a couple of wickets that night. And, and then, yeah, we the last day of the game was, was one of the, the days that will go down. as It's probably one of the best in my career, certainly. Uh, I can't see me topping that too much. Um, as a player you probably get a few great days in a career and that was definitely one of them for listeners I just reminded that was your 9 for 34 against Durham this summer and Stephen Finn took the other wicket he did yeah he never got well I was talking to Richard Johnson afterwards and, and he obviously got 10 wickets and he reminded me afterwards how hard it was to get all 10 wickets in the innings but at the time when Jono had most of them I think 7 or 8 the bowler then was told not to get anybody out which as a bowler is quite a hard thing to do almost it only yeah. takes it sometimes someone to miss a straight one and you get an OBW or bowl someone out so um, so yeah I think when he got the 8th one I think it was caught inside edge after pad caught gully or something like that so, um, so it was a pretty good wicket to get but um, but no at no point was I ever thinking about getting 10 I was coming off after 7 because I after I had 7 because I was getting towards the end of my spell and I was bowling to a pretty gusty sort of wind so um I was kind of asking for one more over all the time and, and thankfully I managed to, to get the last two as well to get nine which was uh, which was yeah it was a great day it was Graham Onions he stuffed himself a couple of years he ago he ran out when he, yeah. he, he the tenth was a out, runner so, yeah. but he ran him out he was a director himself he was, yeah, yeah. He, was. Yeah. he did it he did it yeah. <laughs> well, I'd have been missing that probably if I got all nine at that point I'd have been missing intentionally and Joe, what was your moment of the summer? Am I now too? Is that is that okay? Yes. Okay. You are. One just because it's really predictable was the the Stokes catch. Yeah. Uh, in amongst that madness uh, on that first morning, Broad just taking a wicket seemingly with every delivery, and then that catch just out of nowhere. Broad I mean, celebration. And the celebration. That's the thing that will stick in in your memory. And I think when people talk back to that series, that that image is the one that will will be there. And then another one which is a little bit more offbeat. Um, we were going to print with a magazine. We based all our cricket offices are based at the Oval, and there happened to be the Kent Surrey Royal London One Day Cup quarter final going on there, and it, Surrey looked completely through, all, all pretty much sealed. And then Matt Coles comes out and plays this just ridiculous innings from number nine scoring a hundred, uh, hit nine sixes I think, just farmed the strike completely. So the number eleven at the end, other end I think was Matt Hunt, <laughs> barely faced the ball. So Coles would whack sixes off the first. That's three balls, then block two, and then get a single off the next one, and came very close to to getting a win there. But it was just it made me think like county cricket gets a bad rep sometimes. And this is a number nine coming in for one of county cricket's kind of smaller, less fashionable clubs, uh, and he can hit the ball like that. I mean, I haven't really seen uh, hitting as cleanly as that anywhere. We were just cause we were up in the Bedford stand. Obviously, you've been there, Will. Yeah. And he was just launching one after the other straight at us. Uh, <laughs> just aiming for you. Like, yeah, I was a bit worried about the windows. Um, but it was just yeah, an extraordinary innings from a guy who's had a very, very good year as well. Oh, fantastic. And Lizzie? Uh, yeah, I've got a couple. One in international. I, uh, here, right at the beginning of the summer in the New Zealand Test, England were 
30 for four or whatever they are and uh, uh, Stokes came out and played that that incredible 90 odd he got didn't he and, uh, and just I think that really changed in, it was a real indication, wasn't it, of where England mm. had got to, actually, in yeah. terms of changing the mindset, being a bit more positive. Uh, it was a really important innings. It really sort of set the, set the summer up, didn't it? Absolutely. Uh, and it was, I think it was a really important yeah. key moment. Um, and in county cricket, um, well, from a sort of personal, emotional perspective, seeing Yardi get uh, 100 in his final match at, at Hove was wonderful. Um, and the other ones, the emergence of Sam Curran, who's... Yeah, bonkersly talented for a seventeen-year-old. Poor old Tom, eh? He's taken, <laughs> taken what almost eighty wickets this year, and everyone's talking about his little brother. brother. <laughs> and and James, I, I I kind of made you say the nine for thirty-four, but was there any other moment of the summer for you? I think Joss's hundred to start off in in the one day, the first one day, get out the first England game of the summer uh, after what had gone on at the World Cup and all those things to. Yeah, to start the summer off like that and be two hundred five and get four hundred uh, and win the game. I think really signalled the entire England's intent of, of change. Uh, I think that kind of carried through all the way. Um, and certainly county-wise, I think for us to win here uh, against Yorkshire, after being bowled after 100 just after lunch on the first morning, uh, for Ryan Sidebottom to get three wickets in the first over of the game on a gloomy on a gloomy morning here when we got stuck in, um, to come through and win that game for, for Toby Rollins-Jones to get 100 and then get a fifer, um, that was a pretty, yeah, that was up there with probably the best win I've ever been involved in. Great stuff. Now, I'd like to move on to fairy tale endings. Um, talking about Grant Jones here, he finished his career at Lords in the perfect way this summer. The former England keeper was on the winning side as underdogs Gloucestershire pulled off a tight six-run victory over Surrey in the one-day cup final. It was his final professional game as a cricketer and Jones, who chipped in with a 50, was carried off the pitch by his teammates in early evening sunshine here at Lords. As they say, you can't really write it. Um, with this in mind, I'd like to ask my guests about their favourite sporting farewells. Joel, you can go first. Uh, mine was here, actually. Uh, yeah. 11 years ago, uh, NASA's ton in what turned out to be his final test innings. Uh, I was working, I was doing a crappy job at a print company. Uh, the only advantage, <laughs> I was saving money for my gap year, the only advantage was that my boss loved cricket, so I went into work on that morning. He was like, the game was really nicely set up. I don't even remember there was... They needed about another 250 and they're a few wickets down. So I was like, right, we're taking the day off, we're going to Lords and watch this brilliant match and, and NASA couldn't get it off the square for a few hours. And then suddenly, obviously deciding this is this is it, it's my last my last shot of this. Uh, scored a runnable fifty, scored a, got to a century, knocked off the winning runs next delivery, uh, and then said, Right, that's it, I'm done. Uh, I just thought it was a lovely way for him to go. And so it struggled a bit with the bat in his last last kind of year or so in test cricket and to just play with that freedom and just let it let it all out was a, a really like really special moment and he's, he's obviously played such a big part in English cricket becoming more successful again obviously the next time we win the Ashes and Vaughan didn't get to, um Hussain didn't get to do that as a captain but he played a massive part in what was to follow I think absolutely Lizzie well it doesn't happen very often does it very often it's <laughs> kind of whimper out rather yeah. because people carry on too long even the great Bradman didn't do very well on his final innings did he but uh, last time last year Gareth Breeze he finished his career winning yeah. the one day cup yeah. it's, a, it's a place where you can have fairy tales the one day cup final it's right at the end of the season and you know often people decide that's that when they get to the final I'm, I'm done now and he finished in the gloom though leaping over the advertising <laughs> hoardings to find his family um, away from cricket uh, A.P. McCoy uh, yeah, and, uh, and that, that uh, and another one that uh, Brian O'Driscoll was a, was a pretty good mm. uh, fairy tale. I mean, it doesn't happen very often, does it? Remind it's, me of the O'Driscoll one. Oh, 
James can do that. No, I can't. <laughs> my memory isn't accurate, but I remember it being brilliant. Um, but aside from that, my, going back to my, my cricketing one, probably. Um, growing up, Jack Callis was sort of my hero. So for Jack to get 100 at, at where was it? It might have been Durban uh, against India in a, in a series win, and I'd grown up idolising Jack Callis and, and kind of tried some sort of way to model my game growing up and I tried to do everything basically um, which he did so brilliantly um, so for him to get 100 to kind of finish his career and, and send off in style is, is like Lizzie said something most people don't get too many chances to do so for him to do that in that way was uh, it was yeah probably one that sticks out for me and away from cricket do you have any that spring out? <sighs> not many to be honest no nothing that's really springing to mind um can't think of any. You don't get quite so many chances. I don't think in other sports to have quite as much control of your farewell as you do in cricket. Being a being a batsman or a bowler, it tends to be centre stage on you. So in team sports, if you don't get chances of football, it's a bang in a header. You don't really get yeah. you kind of whimper out and your last game goes a bit unnoticed. But I suppose Ferguson's title win in his last year at that was Man special. United. Yeah, that was pretty uh, special. Particularly when yeah. a few months later you realise that he did it with a side that wasn't really the best in the country as well. Oh, and he won, the, tour, and he yeah, won yeah. the title yeah. by by a country mile. So that was a pretty impressive one. Hard out for David Moyes to follow. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> well, many thanks, uh, guys. Uh, to finish off the podcast, I'd like to do the Lord's Podcast Quiz. Um, Lizzie and Joe, you'll probably be quite used to this. James, to explain the rules, it's quite simple. I'll give you a cricketer and a non-cricketer, <laughs> and all you have to do is tell me who is the oldest <clears throat> of the two, and then you win a point. Um, be- because there's three of you today, uh, Lizzie and Joe, you can... Journos versus Journos. the player. Okay. So, That's fair. So. Oh, you can go first, Lizzie. James or has got a look. massive advantage here because Will always picks pop stars. <laughs> 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 oh, I don't know. <laughs> right. Um, the first one, James, you to go first. Um, who is older, Samit Patel or Kira Knightley? Kira Knightley's got to be older than Samit. And. Journos, you can come for the... Yeah, Kira's older. Kira Knightley's older. So you, that's, that's everyone's saying that. Kira. Mm. Yeah. I can't keep up with this. <laughs> <laughs> um, is Samit Patel is older. Oh, no. By no a few, way. He is, yeah, by a few months. So um, oh. nil, 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 going into the... It's the best <laughs> so of... a good start. <laughs> the best I was, of I was fairly confident about that, okay. <laughs> who is older? Um, Journos, you can go first here. So listen, Joe. Who is older? WG Grace... You've got to work out what year they were born in for this one. Or Field Marshal Douglas Haig from the First World War. Uh, I'd say WG. What year was he born? Yeah, I think you're right. Alright, go with WG. You're going, sir. James, they're going with WG Grace. I have not got a clue, but I'm going to go WG Grace as well, because I think that would have to be before. You're... All three of you are correct. It is indeed W.G. Grace, born in 1848. Field Marshal Douglas Haig in 1861, in case you were wondering. So, that's one all. Um, James, Grant Jones or Christian Bale? Batman or Gloveman? <laughs> I think you should have one of those things for every, every pair, that's, right? Well, that's, that's the ambition from here. I'm going to say Gerard. I think Batman's a bit younger. I think Garrett's how old's Garrett? Thirty seven. I can't I can't give anything away. Yeah. 
Christian Bale. No, I've got Geralt. Should we go with the opposite? Just yeah, yeah. Yeah, with the opposite. It is Christian Bale. He is He is the older. He's 41. Grant Jones is 39. 39. Oh, there you go. So the Jurnos take a 2-1 lead. A lot of pride here at stake. Um, was it Matt Cram or Russell Crowe? So Gladiator or... <laughs> Warrior. <Yeah. laughs> so was it Matt Cram or Russell Crowe? Jurnos, you can go I first. Russell Crowe Crow's a bit older, aren't you? No. 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 All right, we're split. Oh, we do. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go, no, no, Then I'll just point point the finger if yeah, it goes you, wrong. You can blame me. So, so who are you saying? I'm saying Wazim. So Wazim is older. I'm not. I'm going Russell Crowe. It is Russell Crowe. Oh, oh sorry, he's two yeah. years older. So, we, oh, we, we've got a decider. This is fantastic. It's almost like I scripted it. <laughs> <laughs> um, James, you go first on this yeah. one. Who is older, yourself? A Wales Rugby Union captain, Sam Warburton. Sam's older than I. Well, you're 25. You're, yeah, you already told us that. Yeah, Sam's older. Than Sam's older, but that's gonna that's gonna not. We, we're, means we're gonna end up with a draw. You can't lose on purpose. You have to give it to <laughs> We can't just. You can't give it to a professional. We can't have some good on that. No, right. you can't we'll, get, we'll go with. Uh, we'll go with Sam. Sam. It is. He is two years older. So well, we'll have an honourable draw there. That's Three fair. old. That's probably yeah. fair. It's, although we should have a handicap because there were two. You should have done better. Two people getting it wrong. And um, so, yeah, now to finish, James, obviously you've got the bike ride coming up. After that, what's on your agenda this winter? Um, I'm going to be at home all winter, so uh, I'm taking some time. I'm going to go on holiday um, nice. to Mexico yeah, for, for 10 days, which would be nice after the bike ride. And I think uh, as a Middlesex team, all the boys are at home and starting back first week of November. Uh, and then preparations for April basically start then. So, um, so yeah, the whole of October will be fairly quiet. I'll be keeping fit and then... Um, and then Proper stuff will start back in November, so um, so yeah, none of the nice, quiet, hard-working sort of winter. Great stuff, Joe. All out cricket. It's gone to print again. Uh, yeah, so it's out on Thursday. Uh, got an exclusive interview with Joe Joe Root, who's our cover star. A really good interview with Eunice Khan, um, which is yeah, really interesting. You don't often see him in the Western press too much, and he's straight talking as ever. Um, I spoke to Mohammed Amir, which was interesting as well. So, yeah. Um, there's every chance I think this is right looking at the fixtures I think if he doesn't play in this series against England which he's not scheduled to do unless there's injuries his first test back is likely if he gets recalled to be here um, obviously really? the, yeah, yeah I mean, wow. you couldn't, you couldn't write the script um, well I've just, I'm, I'm, I'm going to correct you with some MCC knowledge here yeah the third test of that series is at Lords, I think Oh no, no, I'm going no, crazy. No. no, I'm going wrong. First Sorry. one's here. I'm thinking of the Sri Lanka series. Yeah, the first the one's here. It's a, um, yeah. Yeah. I got my face now. There's <laughs> a real narrative there. There is a narrative. But after I Did spoke to him, his, his agent has got me in a WhatsApp group with uh, various Pakistani oh. journalists. So I've been, set, been sent montages of Mohammed Amir bowling brilliantly in domestic cricket um, with the Rocky theme tune in the background. Which really? Which is quite a good one, yeah. It's, bowling, uh, bowling well recently. Yeah, so he's, he's playing in kind of, I guess it's like grade cricket equivalent in Pakistan. Okay. I don't know how high the standard is, but he's taking lots of wickets and looking pretty okay. sharp. Um, so that'll be an interesting one. Obviously, there'll be different opinions on whether uh, he should be coming back. Personally, I can't wait to see him bowl again. Can I ask you something about that WhatsApp group? Do you chip <laughs> in with stuff? I can, Do you now send and like again, emojis now and again? Now, I've, I've now and again uh, just said kind of 
great or other, other, other <laughs> such thing just to show I'm still there. Insight um, from London. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Really good. Yeah, really, really good. Well bold. <laughs> Sounds like an amazing WhatsApp and group to be And you've got 21 in. questions with Middlesex's own Nick Compton, haven't we? We do. How do you know well, that? You've got the, the scoop. You, yeah, only because your editor never stopped talking about it. Oh, that's it, an entertaining one, yeah. They're well-crafted <laughs> answers by Mr Compton, so they're worth reading. Can you give us any hints as to what he says? Or is um, all I'll say is that we asked them for their uh, favourite sandwich. It's that kind of insightful, yeah, uh, yeah. hard-hitting interview. Um, and it's bizarre. That I mean, could like, be anything, yeah. yeah. It's no, hummus, no, no, figs, ham, yeah. uh, ciabatta. I mean, yeah. You know Nick. <laughs> uh, through all this year, yeah, I do. Yeah, and he could have said anything on that. He'd be very, very happy and... Uh, <laughs> and, and different would be the best way yeah. I saw Nick at a we were doing a activation event with Middlesex down at Canary Wharf uh, talking about the T20 and the NatWest 2020 blast this summer to get people excited and involved and Nick turned up drinking just this green slush <laughs> type thing I was, I was, I was like, what was that? I, said, I don't know it's just some like I don't know like fig oh. juice let's like some health drink and everyone else had like cappuccinos or a coffee, but yeah, so he seems to be quite into his health and fitness. And Lizzie, what have you got coming up? Um, well, obviously covering, for, for keeping an eye on the UAE events in the UAE. I've yeah. got uh, the uh, Chris Cairns trial at Southwark Crown Court and uh, a bit of hockey at my ripe old age. Playing? Playing and yeah, covering a bit for the road to Rio. Oh, fantastic. Is that the Great Britain team? Going it, to it, it? Yeah, the England team. Yeah. Are they good? Yeah, well, they, the women particularly have got a good chance, yeah. They won the... The they, Euros, yeah, they yeah. won the Euros recently, yes. Yeah, so they were an eye on hockey, an eye on cricket, and hibernating in front of the fire when it gets cold. Yeah. Sounds sounds wonderful. <laughs> well, many thanks for all coming on. I hope you've had a good time. Cheers, well. Thank you. Uh, many And many thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next month with more cricketing stories from Lords. So remember to follow us on Twitter, our handles at Homa Cricket, be our friend on Facebook, and for all the latest news from Lords, just go to lords.org. See you soon. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.